welcome back to a rambling podcast by Another Bloody Critic. I am Another Bloody Critic, Adam Schultz. I'm joined this week by my good friend Kieran Meany. Hi there, how's it going? And um, so today we're going to a little bit later talk about the Transformers, which I think is everyone's favourite topic in cinema. Is um, it? I think so. I think I I've, I've seen the box office receipts. I think most people. Oh, okay. Because I've seen like the Rotten it. Tomatoes scores, <laughs> and um, I beg to differ. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to launch right into a review of the big new release this week, uh, Despicable Me Three. A big shout out to anyone outside of Australia who's listening to this this <laughs> week because you don't have Despicable Me Three. Yay! Go us. <laughs> yeah, we got something first. Uh, unfortunately, it was this. Yeah. Um, there'll be no spoilers outside of what it was um, outside of what was in the trailers. So. Okay. So we'll launch right into it. Uh, Despicable Me Three is the follow-up, obviously, in the Despicable Me franchise. Uh, well done, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> despite popular opinion, it's not actually a sequel to A Bug's Life. Oh. This, okay, I need to change yeah. some, some of my notes here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, no, it's, it's the third Despicable Me. So we follow up. Gru is still trying to be a super spy. Yep. He's at the start. Turned, turned good. He's ended. turned good. But uh, he soon runs into complications with that when he's uh, when he's fired from his job as, a, as an anti-villain agent. agent yep. And uh, meets up with his long-lost twin brother, Drew. Uh, is also uh, played by Steve Carell. Yes. Um, the comedic effect, I think. Yes. And um, hijinks ensue. <laughs> there's minions, there's little girls, yep. there's all the stuff that are in all the other Despicable Me. There's unicorns. Unicorns. Of course, there's unicorns. <laughs> and um, I think it was the weakest of the Despicable Me uh, movies. Yeah, I think Not counting agree minions. Not counting minions, which is uh, the spin off. Uh, that which that one was woeful, but um, outside of that, I think it was the weakest. Yeah. Didn't have the didn't have the belly laughs. No. The other two, yeah, and we'll I go into that in a bit more detail. But yeah, I I think it was um just a bit weaker. Yeah, I mean it's still a good good hour and a half of the movies. I I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I got a few laughs out of it. Yeah. Um, certainly all the children in the cinema with me seemed to really enjoy it. Yeah, well, that I guess that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're <laughs> certainly ticking the boxes for your target audience there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we'll move on. The film stars Steve Carell in the yep. roles of, as you mentioned, Drew and Drew, yep. which was uh, it's an interesting thing. He, sort of, he does some fun things with the voice of Drew, uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. He plays well, around with it a bit. Yeah. Um, and I was actually pretty impressed by the way that he managed to uh, because they're twin brothers um, have the same voice and yet just managed to uh, I don't know sort of inflect them differently so that you could you could tell them apart and yet they still sounded yeah the same. yeah drew was slightly less harsh yeah I think I think yeah he sort of had that um, more giddy almost English accent yeah um, whereas Gru was yeah still he's very much I don't know what do you call Gru's accent? I'm not sure. It's sort yeah. of got got elements of the Transylvanian yeah. old school movie villain style. Yeah, it's just every European accent rolled <laughs> into one. I think which that's about par for villains in Hollywood anyway. So. Yeah, no. Um, 
few other people I wanted to mention in the cast. Um, Trey Parker of, yep. of South Park fame yep. played the villain of this movie, Balthazar Bratt. I felt like if you have someone... Like, Trey Parker's such a talented voice artist. Yeah. Like, like, he's literally a voice artist. And they didn't really give him that much yeah. to stretch himself with. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, for someone who's supposed to be the major villain, the major plot point, they didn't really give him that much screen time, that much to do. Yes. And, and half of his lines were, I've been a bad boy, which uh. just made yeah. me cringe after the second one. Yeah, it's sort of they went for a catchphrase thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure catchphrases work in the modern no, era. No, no. But um, I, yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> there are also a few big names that sort of had small roles that were more or less. There was returns of actors like uh, Steve Coogan and Julie Andrews yeah. who had been in previous instalments and had more to do, but this time they sort of had Cameo. cameos. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Slate, who's been in every animated movie that's come out ever, I think, uh, <laughs> has about three lines in this movie as the new head of the AVN. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, so they always always yeah. seemed unnecessary. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, there's a but, lot but there's a lot of talent in this film that um it's it's underused. Yeah, really. that's all underused. It's it's the Steve Carell show yeah. once again. Yeah. I mean, Kristen Wiig is fine as returning as Lucy. Yep. Um, Gru's wife yes. from Speaking of Me Too. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that basically covers the cast. I think yeah. there were things that worked yeah. in this movie. And I think one of the things that worked, which I didn't envision myself saying this line last week, one of the things that worked was the minions. Yes. Now, the, minion, I, the minions can be overexposed in yep. the modern day, just a tad. I yep. think if anyone's ever been to the cinema when yep. any movie by this... Illumination Studios who make this Big For Me comes out yeah. and you're forced to sit through seven or eight ads about minions turning off their phones yeah. in the cinema. And even just when the Illumination um, logo comes up at the start, we get two fart jokes before the movie's even started yes. this time around. And yeah. like I, was, I was starting to get a bit worried at that point. Yeah. But what they do with the minions here in sort of separating them from the main plot and we just cut to them every now and again, there's basically a mini-movie of the minions. Yeah. And then you cut back to the main story, which is mostly minion-free. Yeah, and yeah, I think it and works. That, that works. If you were listening to the episode I did last week with Michael Wilson, you'll hear we sort of compared the minions in a way to the Looney Tunes. Yeah, in that the Looney Tunes were designed to sort of operate within these two or three-minute short films, yeah. and that worked. Yeah, for what they were, and then we went into. Uh, and then they went into feature films and it didn't quite work no, as well. Yeah. I mean, when you start trying to yeah, develop those characters a little bit too much, it's sort of almost takes away from them. Yeah. The comedic effect, I think. Yeah, and um, the same thing happens, I think, with the minions. Yeah. I think if you get a small dose of minions, they can be hilarious. They're slapsticky. Yeah. They're fun. They've got their little, their little quirks. And they cross-dress occasionally. They cross-dress. They... <laughs> They chase fruit. Yeah. They do all that stuff. And then some of the movies have tried to push them too far in. Yeah. And um, it just hasn't worked as well. 
you know. But I, I quite liked just the the idea of the whole minions subplot in this yeah. one, where they want to be villains. They, yeah. They want to be minions to a supervillain. Yeah. And Gru's there turning good, and then they yeah. sort of revolt and yes. One one and, of the and yeah. one of the biggest laughs I did get out of this movie was when they were showing the slideshow of Gru doing villainous things, and they'd all cheer, and they would cut to him doing something mundane like mowing the lawn or picking up dog poo, <laughs> and they'd all boo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy that. I, I think that, that line in particular made me laugh <laughs> a lot, or scene, I should say. Yeah. I don't know, I quite enjoyed just uh, all, all the scenes when they were in prison, actually, yeah. and they're walking along and they've yeah. got, the, got the whole group the, the, and they're doing this. Yeah, the, the, the West Side Story thing. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that made me laugh. Yes. <laughs> so Minions were easily the highlight of this film. Yeah. I think... Um, also, any time the, the three girls oh, appear yes. in this movie, yeah, to me, that really they, works. they had some great moments. Um, mm. Agnes on her hunt for the unicorn. Oh, yes, yes. That, that was a nice little feel-good moment. Yes. Um, so was there yeah. anything else that really worked for you? Um, yeah... I know that pretty much covers the like. I found it; it was consistently funny. Yeah. Um, like there, like there weren't any extended periods where like I just hadn't laughed in a while. Mm. I found that was me. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah. and it was a very funny movie, and I found that the comedy was consistently mm. there, uh, even if the plot maybe was lacking yeah. in areas. So we'll move on. Some of the things that didn't work for me. I think mm. you said there was consistently laughs throughout, and yeah. there are. But the other Despicable Me's, I remember there was always those big belly laughs yeah. you get in the middle. And those were missing in yeah. this time around. Yeah. They weren't there at all. Um, yeah. I think, like, looking back, I even found like some highlight clips from the original movies and was watching them afterwards. And just how much harder I laughed at like the scene in the first Despicable Me where he's meant to have created a dozen cookie ro- robots and instead you get a dozen boogie robots <laughs> <laughs> they're just dancing around yeah. and uh, I mean it's a stupid joke and it makes no sense but just the way they play it yeah. is uh, is brilliant and uh, this movie just lacks anything that punches quite that well yeah. in the laughs department I think Yeah. I, I mean comedy is hugely subjective anyway so it's yeah. going to be different for everyone yeah yeah, but no, I think I agree. Like, I didn't. I I found I didn't laugh mm. hard. Like mm. it was, like it was, I was giggling constantly. Just haha, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but never that sort of mm. knee slapping sort of laughs that yeah I definitely got in the first one. Yeah. Um, um, I think another thing which I noticed. I'm not sure if you picked up on this. A lot of the jokes in this movie weren't so much jokes as hey look at this reference to that other movie Illumination Studios made yeah there was quite a few of those yeah. I, I did pick up on and I was like that's that's not a joke that's just that's a plug yeah <laughs> yeah and just the, the the number of 80s references yeah I'm, I'm not sure why you would go for that era when most of your target audience and a fair chunk of your target audience's parents weren't alive at that point. Yeah. Like, 
I'm 26. I could, in theory, have a kid at this point. I know lots of my friends have kids. Uh, none of us were alive in the 80s. Yeah. So I think a lot of the, the if it weren't for my sister being a massive fan of 80s television for some reason, uh, I mm. wouldn't have picked up on a lot of the, the jokes or, or at least yeah. the... Um, uh, you know the one-liners that they've stolen yeah. from the A-Team or Knight Rider or something yeah see things like that I think are um, and there's a lot of things like that in movies at the moment which have all come out of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. which was such, did, a, such a big smash hit that um, a lot of the things they did which included throwback references to yeah. the 80s seem to have been picked up by every other movie <laughs> and uh, this one does that as well yeah I, I did notice that the soundtrack was a little bit borrowed from <laughs> Guardians uh, and Gru and Balthazar Brat definitely have a, at least one dance-off yeah, uh, or a yeah. dance fight, I think it is. Yeah, it was, it was uh, they were watching Guardians of the Galaxy while writing this, yeah, come to yeah. think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the other things that didn't quite work for me was they were quite obviously trying to go for the emotional punch with... Um, uh, Kirsten Wiig's character Lucy Wilde um, trying to be mum mm. um, and I think she says about four or five times throughout the course of the movie I've, I still haven't got the hang of this mum thing mm. but they never actually showed her not having the hang of it it was just yeah. her saying it um, and then she immediately passes whatever parenting problems just come up to Gru and he takes care of it mm. <laughs> And yeah, you almost yeah. needed a scene where she was trying. Yeah, where she tries and she messes working. it up, and then she talks to Gru afterwards, like, "Oh no, I haven't got the hang of the mum thing." Like, I feel yeah. like they could have played that a lot better, and it would have had that bigger emotional punch. Yeah, at the end. they could have. I mean, the, overall, though, I don't think this was a bad movie. Certainly, oh, no. certainly so not the worst animated film I've seen. Oh no, no. absolutely not. Like, That's I trolls. <laughs> Oh, don't get him started. Uh, we, um, we've done that last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I certainly uh, still enjoyed the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't have that, yeah. that Pixar-level sort of yeah, there were bits heart of it, behind it. There were bits yeah. that sort of strayed too far into silliness. Yeah. Outside of, like, there's a difference between comedy and silliness. Yeah. And um, I'm big on that. So, <laughs> like, you can have comedy that's silly, but you never should branch into silliness. Yeah. Which, yeah, sometimes it did in this movie. Like this car chase after they stole a lollipop. And oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. I zoned out in that scene, to be honest. I was just yeah. like, yeah. That's it. But no, it's not a bad film. No. I'm going to give it a score now. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it... I might give it a 3.5. Yeah. Oh, actually, not 3.5, 3.15. That was a bit too high, come to think of it. 3.15. Yeah, I was going to aim for the 3.4, 3.5 sort of okay. range. Um, I don't know. I I don't think I'm as critical as another bloody critic over here, so... Yeah. <laughs> I d no, I... Um, yeah, there were just little bits that annoyed me, and yeah. it's just... At this point, it's a franchise that I think has run out of too many ideas. Yeah. It's just a treading water I did read that Steve Carell was not keen to do another mm. Gru focused movie but he was yeah. happy to cameo in any spin-offs so yeah. but then he likely won't get another Minions but 
Well, even then, I don't know who you spin off with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it gets a bit hard at this point. Yeah. Oh, we'll see what they do. So that's our Despicable Me review. Okay, so um, before we start this next segment, I want to just tell a little story. I remember once I was on Facebook and there was an article popped up on one news site. I forget which one. I'm not going to give them a plug anyway, but remembered. Um, and it popped up and they were talking about Star Wars. Rogom was coming up there talking about Star Wars. And I made a comment underneath that I was happy that Star Wars were trying new things. It was just before Rogue One. I was happy for Star Wars to try new things to break the formula. So that um, so that you don't get things that end up as horrible in one note as say the Transformers franchise. Now someone called me out in the comments underneath this comment. Someone called me out and said Transformers an easy target, and it is. It's a big dumb action movie that makes billions of dollars. It's an easy target to pick on. But he said, would you do any better if you had that franchise? So I thought it might be fun today with uh, Transformers The Last Night coming out this uh, this upcoming week, which almost certainly won't be the last of the Transformers movies. I thought it would be a fun exercise today to just sort of talk about this series and uh, what we'd do differently if we were in charge. I think you and I have often spent time talking about different media and what we'd do differently or how we'd yes. present stories. Um, Doctor Who mostly, I Doctor think, Who in our case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've if if this new dude taking over Doctor Who doesn't work out, we've got you covered. But uh, today <laughs> we're going to tackle the Transformers. Yep. Sounds um, like a plan. Yeah. So we we've, we've both forced ourselves to watch these movies again this week, or at least some of some them. of them. <laughs> that was painful, Adam. <laughs> yes. It I was hope you realise the sacrifice I've made for you here. Yeah. Oh, I I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, they're pretty horrible. So, I think we'll start with you. What would yeah, well, well, first off, what do you identify as being wrong with these movies? Well, why, I mean, why are these horrible movies while other movies can be some big dumb fun? I mean, in fairness, I don't hate the first one. Yes, um, that's fair. So, I mean, and I guess the reason I enjoy the first one more is um, it's not relying on special effects 80% of the time you've only got a small band of Autobots a very small band of um, Decepticons uh, and they're just looking for something that has fallen to earth it's I don't know It's it's it seems like it's a bit simpler they played it a little bit safer and that sort of worked for the first one once you get into the second and the third and the fourth and the if for God's sake, um, like you spend half your time on like alien spaceships where the background texture is so intricate and detailed that the transformers themselves blend into it, and you can. There's just too much going on on the screen. There's, you know, you've got dozens upon dozens of robots fighting each other, and you can't tell who is who. Like there's just too much, you know. I, I'd sort of try and make the Transformers a little bit more distinct and focus less on the special effects. 
probably yeah. probably try and work in more practical effects because I think mm. they tried to do that in the first one as well. They actually built replicas of some of yeah. the um, some of the transformers, and then that that sort of I don't know. I, I think that just worked a little bit better. I would definitely cut most of the human characters. Yes, I wanted to raise that the human characters seem to be consistently awful, cringeworthy. Like yeah. I I cannot sit through a scene where. Charlotte Booth's parents are on screen without cringing the entire time. Like mm. they are just the most painful characters to watch. Mm. I don't understand why they need to be in the film. Even in yeah. the first one, they were terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like the leads as well. Like you've got the first three. You've got Charlotte Booth. Who anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a, the world's biggest Charlotte Booth fan. Mm. I know he's since supposedly come out with some better movies. Yeah. But it's still like. Like it still feels to me movies that would do well with him in it seem to be doing well despite him Charlotte yeah. not because he's there. Yeah. He just he's not a great actor to yeah. me at all. I haven't seen much of his recent stuff so I can't no. comment or well, mo- most of my exposure to Charlotte Booth has been uh Indiana Jones for the parody and uh Transformers, so I don't really have the best yeah. opinion of yeah, him either Spielberg, based just Spielberg on Spielberg really wouldn't make him big at one point. Yeah. Those two movies. But uh, yeah, I know there was one that came out that he was in this year, which made six dollars at the UK box office. Oh, which is a one person bought one, one ticket. person bought a ticket, and there was a lot of debate about whether that one person was Charlotte Booth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that where that gif comes from, where he's sitting alone in a theatre clapping? <laughs> I don't know, but so yeah, his character's horrible. Megan Fox. Is oh, there. just just the. There's, there's always all of these movies have a character whether it's Megan Fox in the first two uh, what's her name Rosie Huntington Whiteley yeah the third one I can never remember the names of them and then there's Megan a Fox. then there's a young lady in um in the fourth one who the actress's name escapes me but they, they make it very clear that she's underage and you still get all the same look at this hot girl shot yeah and that's that's, that's all they're there for is to be eye candy yeah and it's a uh, and like even in the first one where they're trying to set Megan Fox up as someone who knows about cars and, mm. you know, who's got, you know, more than just looks to her and they still, you know, she's looking at a car but she's bent over and you're looking at her Yeah, yeah, trying to, trying to make Megan Fox a car expert worked about as well as the introduction of Dr. Christmas Jones in the James Bond franchise. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's like, it's just And the single believable. worst one-liner like, ever. Yeah, like, like these... Like the way these characters were played, there's like smart people introduced as very smart, intelligent people, and then filled with dumb dialogue. And then always uh, turning yeah. to the less experienced bloke for advice. Yeah, it's on, just oh, it's just it's not good. And yeah, they're both very similar yeah. in that respect. Um, yeah, the humans. All of them. Actually, I will pay one. There was I watched Age of Extinction last night. I don't know if you've seen. I have. A, but yeah. Not recently. Um, I didn't mind Stanley Tucci's character. Oh yeah. I think, and this brings me to my next point. I think if the movie had focused around the Transformers more and just had Stanley Tucci as a side character coming in, that would have been fine. Because you have to have some humans, particularly yeah. if they're on Earth. You have to have some human characters. Yeah. But I'm sick of them being the main character. You know, like... Yeah, it's, it's I, not really I what li- the movie yeah. should be about. I like Mark Wahlberg as much as the next guy, mm. but it's not needed. It's yeah. a... But yeah, it's... Um, 
But if you focus around the Transformers, that then forces the filmmakers and the screenwriters and whoever else is involved in these things to give the Transformers character. Because mm. if I was making these films, that's the first thing I'd do is try and get distinct characters yeah. into these trans. And by distinct characters, I don't mean insert racial stereotype here. Yeah. Because most of them are. Yeah, and that's, and ha- that's sort of how you tell yeah. them apart half the time. Is yeah. Is which, we, which accent yeah. is this one doing? Yeah, you know, you've got, you've got this one with a very stereotypical Asian accent who is acting like a samurai yeah. all the time. Or you've got this one here with a southern accent who's fat. Yeah. And shoots guns, and it's like why? Yeah, or or the the twins that are ghetto and oh. are seemingly illiterate. Yeah, um. and so not only is it offensive, it's not interesting. No, it's like we've been through this with Star Wars already, and it got slaughtered. If Star Wars is getting slaughtered for having characters that are just walking racial stereotypes yeah. in those prequel movies, yeah. and that's Star Wars. That's almost untouchable material yeah. in Hollywood. And that gets sorted for it. Why, why did the Transformers feel they need to do that in 2017? Is that what we're up to? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell some days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so the first thing I do is... That, so you've got Optimus. Optimus Prime has character yeah. to him. He's sort of the noble, the noble leader. Yeah, and Bumblebee. Bumblebee has some. Yeah. He's a foil. He's a good foil yeah. character, Bumblebee. Um, he has the rebellion, rebellious teenager thing going on, which I yeah. don't know how old he's meant to be. Probably a few hundred millennia old or something. Yeah. He's <laughs> well, I mean, the um, uh, what was it? The All Spark or whatever they were chasing in the first mm. movie had supposedly been on Earth for hundreds of years. So yeah. Um, and Bumblebee was supposed to be the character that launched that into space. So he's, I'd, yeah. I'd give him at least a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, so he's still in definitely rebellious teenager phase. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you've got those two characters. And then I can't really think of what the characters are beyond very broad, like, this is their role. Yeah. Like, even someone like Megatron is that he's evil. Yeah. See? He, he speaks with deep voice. Yeah. And, and does he, he nasty just, things. Yeah. I know. I think, yeah, that would, that would be one of my first points um, mm. to tackle almost plot-wise even, would be to... I mean, they're called the Decepticons. I'd yeah. like to see them do some deceiving. Yeah. Um, like, every every time you see a human working for the Decepticons, it's always under threat of death. And yeah, that you never see... Like, like, what, you, like, you could get them... They transform into cars, for God's sake. They yeah. could go anywhere. Yeah, or helicopters, <laughs> planes, whatever else. Yeah. Dinosaurs. It's very nondescript. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you could so easily set it up where Decepticons and Autobots arrive on Earth at the same point. Mm. They're like, right, we're after this very powerful thing. Um, it's like, we need some help so that these guys don't get it. And then, you know, you present two different points of view of this war, which we never know why it started. I assume Megatron was a little bit too Hitler. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, like actually force the humans to make a conscious choice who are they helping is it just these arbitrary guys that showed up first or is it um, you know and then you know let the Decepticons actually live up to their namesake a bit yeah. so you did mention that why did this war start yeah that would be an interesting thing to cover because at the moment I know about as much about why that war started as I do about why World War One started 
which is um, it just did yeah some bloke got shot and someone got pissy yeah um yeah. that's how these things generally go yeah I think it's just the little details. Like, there's been big, dumb, fun yeah. movies before that I've given quite positive reviews to. Yeah. Uh, just earlier this year, I gave quite a positive review to uh, Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah. Which follows a lot of the same beats as Transformers. You've got the human characters sort of struggling in the shadows. You've got the big, huge monsters destroying things yeah. in their path. I mean, Kong Skull Island chose not to take Kong into a big city. Yeah. Which is always nice. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But you know, like, like it's just the little things that uh, that Kong does that makes a better movie. I think Transformers should look at that. Not that they will. Not that they're worried at all about what we think no. of the movie. But it's just the little details. Yeah. Like um, the start of Age of Extinction, you've got this character walks into the Arctic, and there's a hunk of metal shaped like a dinosaur they've dug up and uh, this lady is dragged in to investigate it and at one point she has the line we're geologists this could change the world this is our job and as a geologist I find this very offensive yeah I'm like first off no (laughs) (laughs) archaeologist paleontologist yes any other job other than geologist is probably you're in the arctic I mean, the Arctic is notable for being ice that's floating. Could go into some rather yeah. like in-depth science about yeah. why a geologist might be up there, but honestly, I don't think they did the Google search. No, and it's like it's just little things like that. Yeah. Like you get that in the opening scene before you've even seen a Transformer. You get something like that, and it just knocks you right out of the movie. Mm. You're already rooting against this film. You're <laughs> like, it's stupid. Even 2012 did more research than this. Did they? I think I think 2012 at least knew which scientist was which. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because they definitely didn't do any science. Oh, no, they didn't do any science. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just those little things. I think every Transformers movie has those little niggles just throughout the, throughout the movie. Yeah. Where it's like, what, why did you do that? Yeah. I mean, they certainly don't explain much in the way of motivation... Mm. anyone really besides oh my car just turned into a robot I should probably help him out yeah yeah it's um don't hurt my car he's mine now but also his own person and my best friend but we can't really talk um like it's yeah if if you sit there and accept it for what it is you can enjoy it but as soon as you start thinking about it it all falls apart yeah whereas like something like so I won't use King Kong because I've used that the last 12 times something like Pacific Rim so that's a great one to compare to Transformers because it is giant robots smashing things but again every character in Pacific Rim some of them aren't the best written characters but they've all got purpose within the story they're not there to be eye candy they're not there to be we need to to fill out as many top rank actors as possible into this film it's just there to uh, to tell this story. Yeah. And yeah. if you think about it too much, you're like, well, the story's very basic. Yeah. But it doesn't stop you from just going, okay, but it's fun. This this robot just picked up a uh, 
picked up a shipping crate and smashed it in the face of a sea monster. Like, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I suppose Pacific Rim. I got the feeling it didn't try and take itself too seriously. No. And that's um, the other thing that, with Transformers. Yeah. There's no humour at all in oh. these movies. They just. There's well, a, when there is, it the, falls flat. The, there's attempts at humour that results in just a cringe more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and then so much of the movie, it's like, this is so self-important. Yeah. Like, Age of Extinction is the one I keep going back to because it's the one I watched last night. And, um, like, there's, it's all... So, like, there's all these scenes about, oh, how bad is government surveillance and, oh, how nasty is the CIA for keeping secrets. Yeah. So this is not the. There are movies which can tell those stories. Snowden. Like. Yeah. You, like, you, you don't need that to be the subplot of Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like something about Julian Assange. Sure. Let's yeah. delve into that topic. Yeah. You know, a drama about surveillance. Good. Let's do that. This is the Transformers. Yeah. Why is why are we focusing so much on whether Kelsey Grammer's CIA agent is a good guy or not? It just, like, it just, everything's just annoying. You just need to focus on the Transformers. Yeah. Get a sense of humour about it. Yeah, that would definitely help. I mean, build up the Transformers characters. Only use a human character when the plot demands it. Yes. And then you've got fine movies. These movies could be a great space sci-fi franchise. Yeah. I mean, but they just. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just. They just churn it out without any care. Yeah, what they and do. I suppose this comes back to that point at the start of it being an easy target. Like yeah. this, like there's just so many things you could pick on here. Yeah, um, oh, I don't even know where to start now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like there's just little bits. Like there's bits in all of them where it's just genuinely, obviously there because a company paid for product placement. Yeah, and we just need an advert. There's a bit. It's the most egregious thing I've ever seen in film. In Age of Extinction, there's a bit. Mark Wahlberg gets out of a car and he's. It's like the city's collapsed. The, the Transformers fighting everywhere, and some guy, random guy's car, got smashed up a bit in the front. You know the chaos. You know other people are dead around him, but his yeah. car got dented in the bloody engine bonnet. Anyway, he gets out and goes, "Ooh, you better have insurance." And uh, Mark Wahlberg turns to him, goes. Insurance, have you noticed there's an alien invasion? Go away. Picks up a beer out of this other guy's boot. Smashes it, like, clips it open on the side of the car. Turns the beer so that the label of the Budweiser is facing oh the camera. God. Looks into the camera, <coughs> takes one swig, throws the bottle away. Movie continues. I'm like, that was an advert. They just put a full advert in the middle of this movie and, you know, just things like that you can pick on you can pick yeah. on that you can pick on the entire scene dedicated to why it's okay to ogle at this 17 year old girl yeah and so it's just yes so it is an easy target but it doesn't need to be yeah I think that's how we yeah. can sum this up yeah pretty much but what I also wanted to go into the Transformers isn't just a linear story anymore Welcome to the age of cinematic universes, everybody. Oh, not enough. Coming, coming soon, the Transformers Cinematic Universe. They've announced a Bumblebee spin-off. Yay! And, and he can't talk. And they've announced another spin-off 
which will focus on what the Transformers were doing in medieval times. So, you know, if there was one movie oh, that really, God. if there was one movie that really hit home this year so far, it was King Arthur. Yeah, that's that's definitely got many many positive reviews and on everyone, no, and no. everyone went to see it as well. It yeah, was, yeah, that such was a resounding success. Yeah, you need to do it with Transformers now. What are they going to transform into? Bloody like carts that's going to get towed by a horse or something like, or is there going to be a Transformers horse to tow the Transformers cart? Like, I don't understand. Well, this is what we get to uh, get to look forward to. Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, both of them have problems. Um, the Bumblebee, again, it's something we were discussing last week. Uh, the idea of the foil becoming the, the lead of a movie. Yeah. Characters are really popular in the background. The Minions, we've talked about them earlier today. Yeah. Uh, Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yeah. Like these characters who work in the background as sort of comic relief and then get pushed into the front of these films and it stops working. Yeah. That's going to be the same with Bumblebee. He's fine as sort of Optimus yeah, Prime's sidekick slash muscle slash rebellious son yeah. slash whatever role he's playing this movie. Yeah. But focusing on him for a whole movie, I just can't see anything other than disaster. Yeah. So again, Especially when yeah. you can't give him any dialogue or yeah. anything to develop the character, yeah, really. Yeah, his it's, entire it's, dialogue is sound bites off the radio. Yeah, it's... Which, um... Which leads me, again, following on this, could you do better? (laughs) I'm going to say, pretend you're in charge of Paramount Pictures. Okay. uh, Well done on that. You've got nothing. (laughs) You've got nothing of any note. Um, You get to choose what the spin-offs are for Transformers. Okay. What would you spin-off to? Um... I'd probably go back to Cybertron. How did the war start? Yes, I was I'd, thinking something similar. Go. I would. I yeah. would definitely stay somewhere where there is technology that you can transform into. Mm. Not the Middle Ages. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to. Because oh, I'm trying to think back. Is that was the idea that Megatron and Optimus were brothers or something? In one, I, I, f- I really don't know. I, f- I feel like I recall Optimus saying, uh, sorry, brother, or something or other mm. to Megatron. So, yeah. like, seeing their backstory, how they got to where they are, yeah. leaders of the opposing yeah. sides. That I think I'd almost like to see the relation more for the relationship explored. I know it's hard now with the voice actor... Leonard Nimoy passing away mm. but um, Sentinel Prime oh the, yeah from, in, in from the, Dark of the Moon yeah in the third one that's that's got promise that idea of sort of like here's Optimus Prime's mentor yeah and sort of superior yeah. turning against him yeah just you know it's sort of it's almost the reverse Darth Vader thing from Star Wars yeah you know just it's, about it's, it's mentor versus student and that's been done before but it's been yeah. done well before yeah like like it's the most interesting part of the early Mission Impossible movies is student versus oh, mentor. Yeah, yep. you, know, you know, it's a story that's been done, but it's one you can do well. Yeah. And I think that would have been interesting. As I said, hard now that they sort of had Leonard Nimoy voice the character in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, you could... <laughs> you could get someone else in, but yeah. it's such a distinctive voice. Yeah, I mean, unless, you, unless you're going for a younger voice. Or yeah. 
something like that. I don't know how you yeah. how you really yeah. play that. But yeah, that well, was that there, would definitely a young, be an interesting There's one. a young Spock walking around if you want to go full <laughs> full symmetry. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, but I, now anything that's in space uh, is it's implied heavily that the Transformers have gone to other civilizations. Yeah. Well, I I don't think it's implied. I think it's specifically stated in yeah. the second one. Um, yeah, that they, they go to these other planets and yeah. they've been there a lot and that they sort of adapt to the technology and yeah. change. So I'd love to see that. Yeah. Let's see that. Let's leave Earth. I know what Earth's like. Yeah. I've been to Earth. Yeah, it's it's bloody dull sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's like, why are we on Earth all the time? Yeah. Like if you're doing a sci-fi thing, get off Earth. Uh, but yeah, it's just... I think that basically covers it, though. Yeah, I mean, get get off Earth. Get off Earth. Go 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 back to Cybertron. Yeah. See, see what's going on there. Add some mythology. Yeah. There's no mythology to this. No. It's just I mean, hey, look, here's some robot car things. Yeah. They fight. I mean, you could yeah, you could so easily slip uh, guy any of the the Roman, Greek, Norse mythologies into there. I mean, you could you could have a Thor robot who's you know yeah. th- his thing is lightning or a Zeus robot. Yeah, he, you know, he, there's In, or, instead or, it or sounds Prome- like Prometheus with the fire. Like, there's so many things you could do. To be fair, it does sound like they're going to do that in this new one with Merlin, perhaps being transformer technology. Oh uh, well, of course. What else? Yes. How else do you explain Merlin? Yes, because Merlin was definitely historical fact. Yep, absolutely. Anyway, that about wraps up the show for this week. Um, I'd like to thank Kieran for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Um, I'm sure we'll have him back. Oh, yep, yep, uh, sure. Sounds <laughs> great. No, no, I'd love to come back. This, yeah. this has been fun. Awesome. And um, is there anything you want to plug or say or anything? Um, Geology Rocks? I don't know. I don't uh, know. I've, you can edit that out. Sure. Like, that's fine. Sure. Um, no, I think I'm good. And you can find me on Twitter at a bloody critic, all lowercase. <laughs> Um, that wraps up for this week. Join us next week. We'll be reviewing the new Transformers movie. You poor soul. Be fun. Uh, also doing a couple of reviews next week. There will also be a review for the new Cars movie, which I can't wait for that. Again, you poor soul. And we'll also be looking into the filmography of Will Ferrell, which will be an mm-hmm. interesting... Well, that could be fun. Interesting discussion, I think. Yep. Um, so until then, see ya. See ya.